Hey, Chad. Hey, Cameron. I was thinking about... I, I remember, like, when we started the show, I feel like I did a lot more bits and, like, musical openings. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, oh, I wanted, I wanted to write a parody song. And so I looked up... Uh, are you familiar with The Music Man? No. I was going to do, uh, like, Opinions are Cheap lyrics to The Music Man. And it was one of those things where I had to stop and wonder, would anyone recognize anything from this? That seems like a fair assessment, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Because it's one of those songs where I feel like the the singer carries it. Like, I can't just put in backing music and it'll be funny. Sure. And I'm not a good singer. <clears throat> Jason Alexander was in The Music Man. I don't. I still don't know what the music... Is that a movie? No. What? What is? It's a song. It's a play. Oh. I mean, that doesn't. That helps a little bit. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I can at least like put some pieces together, right? Sure. I mean, I don't know that it matters. I don't know why I'm even bothering. Also fair. But you should. Uh, you should be happy and excited because because its opinions are cheap with Cameron and Chad. Right here in River yeah, City. Yeah, River City. Keep River City <laughs> weird. Wait, that's a... <laughs> oh, I, I just want to <laughs> sing. Oh. You remember when we talked about Steven Universe day, a lot? Chad? This show's been around a while. That was yes. the, the, the podcast, because that was like a while back that I was watching Steven Universe and bitching about it on this show. I don't even remember Steven Universe so, anymore. Yeah, uh, Steven Universe is one of those things where um, I watched it while it was current. Like, I would watch a new episode and talk mm -hmm. about it on the show. And it's been gone long enough that there's, like, a generation of kids that watch cartoons that think of Steven Universe as one of those old cartoons that their dad would watch. Which makes me feel... Because it's, like, not in rotation Yeah, right that now. makes me feel so old. I sent you that, uh, that accordion yes. cover, right? That was beautiful. Somebody did, uh... Oh, what's the song um, called? It's over, isn't it? It yeah, it's over, isn't, isn't it? it? Over? Yeah, yeah. I was I was playing the lyrics in my head, trying to like get to okay. the part where they name drop the song title. And I found it really interesting because it was a very beautiful. I mean, this guy's very talented with accordion. Uh, in fact, maybe I should bookmark that for my uh, Glad Space later. I'll I'll link it to everybody because his channel is a delight. But, um, that might have been last week's Glad Space, oh, was it? Oh, I don't remember. I, I have it here on my links already. Maybe I already showed it. My point is, it's a beautiful song, and accordion's a beautiful instrument that plays it beautifully. I was thinking of... But also, man, I felt old. Here's a throwback, kinda, guys. No. What was I thinking of? Oh, the other day, Joe and I were like talking about old uh, Cartoon Network cartoons again. We were walking around, and it's just like... You remember when they did that thing um, where they, they would have like like shorts and then people got to vote or like whoever tuned in the most like that would be the uh the, the cartoon that got made and so it was like three 10 minute things and like codename kid next door was one of them and you're like well it sucks to be the other two going up against against that <laughs> yeah it was it was cool because you get in like as a kid you didn't really know what that was but it was like oh it's the one like like if we like this yeah, they enough used to maybe air it'll turn into a more. show like that was sort of how it was built, and and that was exciting because you you knew you were seeing something special, but you didn't know why because you had no idea how cartoons were made. Oh, but it's also that one of those like things we where uh, it, it's funny you bring it up because I actually wanted to make you watch one of these for like a watch along episode. It, yeah, and it it might be a thing we still do. But I was just reflecting on the nature of this weird kind of pilot system where they would actually just, like, air it. Because I wonder, like, uh, there's actually a podcast, um, the name escapes me, but oh, that's what they cool. do is they uh, they get people to read scripts of unaired pilots. And so the podcast is basically a radio play describing TV shows yeah. that could have been. And yeah, and what a fun concept. But I was thinking about it, and it's like, I would just watch these. Like, every time they make a pilot, just put it on in the middle of the night. Like, I don't care. 
I, I would DVR that stuff. Before uh, before we came here, I was at my parents' house. We were watching um, The Mandalorian, which which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, my dad got a bottle of Jack Daniels. I think I think I mentioned this where we have like a bottle of a bourbon and we're putting a shot of like every bottle we try and filling it to the top. Right. We're going to have like a blend of like what the family drank over the last four months. Which when you think about it that way is like a lot of bottles in four months. We we really probably drink too much. But we're getting to the top and I was like, damn, you know, we don't we need Jack Daniels in here. Like we drink a lot of Jack Daniels. We like Jack Daniels. It's not like as good as a lot of the other stuff in here, but it's. It's it's a staple. It's Jack. Everybody likes Jack. <laughs> and having Jack Daniels like neat today was kind of fun because I'm like, what am I? I'm looking for the flavors. I'm like, what's this taste like? What what's in here? What do they advertise? I'm like, you know what? I don't really care. It tastes like Jack Daniels. Like it has such a unique kind of baseline Jack Daniels flavor. And then I come home and I'm ha- poured myself a shot of uh, the Driffles Glen uh, single barrel, which is like. Two and a half times expensive is a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I'm tasting this. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much better. It's just so much better. I, yeah, that'd Actually, be a good, like, be cover a good, quote, like, right? And especially if you put it like, on there, but you didn't say what it was better it's than. Just like a little so word just bubble. Like, it's just, oh, you know, it's so much better. Like, oh, I'm, conf- I'm confused and concerned, but I'm also, I think, uh, intrigued. Yeah. In fact, actually, there's your whole like marketing thing. Like, just just put that anywhere. Like, you know, uh, stuck in traffic and pop open a bottle. Oh, it's so much better. Got the DMV because you got a DUI and just pop open a bottle. Oh, it's so much better. I, I did. I did ask for questions on the Mandalorian before we started. And Jean-Luc wants to know what our favorite Mandalorian's Lego set is. Okay. We don't have to stay on topic at all. Oh, they did? No, but that sounds cool. So I want to sidetrack a bit. They made like a Kenner... They made a Kenner-style like play set of the bar. Did you see that? That's a, that's a very nice display piece. That's not it. I really like these Kenner like vintage collections. I I got a a Gideon. I used to have all those old Kenner alien toys, and then uh I don't I I don't anymore. But <laughs> here we are. Uh, those were cool. <clears throat> Even the box is done upright. I oh this I really is pretty like dope. It's kind of funny how like nostalgic this is to look at. I really wish that despite show despite the made. fact that it it was made like what a year ago. But just the way the box is and the way the toys Navarro look. Like, oh, Cantina I had, I had this, this brand of toy uh, when I was like seven. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So this is a bit of spoilers, but oh, they actually made hell the... Oh, yeah, uh, that's actually pretty cool. The, you, you watched all three episodes, right? So we'll get into it in a bit, but the, they made the spider robot... Yeah, I pulled up the the Lego sets. I don't know if I have a favorite. Like, I'm not that attached to any of this. But some of these are... I mean, some of these are, like, legitimately neat. I don't... It's one of those things where, like, do I like them because it's cool or because it's a nice display piece? Like, what what's the what's the point, right? Like, I like, um... That one... The Lady Mando's uh, spaceship. Her, her kind of A-wing style ship. The way it folds and flies. Like, that... I think that's a really cool design spaceship. It's... I like that there's a Lego set of it. That's neat. I bet that's fun to put together. Um, obviously, Mando's original ship is cool. The uh, the Naboo Starfighter, I like a lot because, one, I love the color scheme and the shape, but also it hits the nostalgia tingles because, oh, I saw that when I was a kid in the Star Wars movie. So that one's fun. Like, like I don't think you can go wrong with any of these Lego sets depending on what you want out of the Lego sets, right? Like, some even the little display pieces with um, the armor in her forge. The fact that they made that and put a shitload of details in it is is really neat and just shows kind of the the reverence and, and care that Lego put into their product, whether you like it or not. Like, it really shows that that people enjoy their jobs, I guess. But where's the little, like, I want a little Muff Gideon. 
I can't find oh, one. Th- I didn't even know that was a thing. That's kind of weird. Now, this is my least favorite set, is the one with CGI Luke Skywalker. It's such a, like, how many parts are in this? Because this doesn't look very big. It's a lame I, set, I I and I hate that scene, and I hate everything like, about this. Who wants to play through this scene? Unless you just put it on a bookshelf, in which case, I kind of get it because it's not very big. So it wouldn't take up a lot of room. But I don't know, like, when I buy a Lego set, I kind of like them a bit bigger because I want to spend at least an hour, like, building it. Like, I want that Lego feeling, and I don't, I want it to last a while. So when you get something that, look, looks only a few hundred pieces, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know who this is for, other than, like, the Lego completionist. Like the problem or a problem? Because we can we can put a lot of. We can I think call Lego it. completionists are the problem in society. Like, no, the <laughs> problem. Like, <laughs> it, 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 honestly, when I when I look at the Lego CGI I like Skywalker these, like, in a hallway Lego set, sets that my you can first get, thought is very you caused Ukraine. I don't know who. That's another one where I don't know who this is for, other than like kids. All of the world's problems come back to this moment. But there is a, there's a vibe to these that is really fucking adorable. Like I could build this and put it at work. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, so we actually have a couple of these. Okay, that makes sense. Um, we we have like a little like they're those like stubby micro ones, but it's like we have the X wing and a Tie fighter, and we have that on a shelf where we keep our Star Wars DVDs. And it's it's cute. They're a cute little thing. Um, it's also like they're very detailed for a small I, like, they are, but yeah, they, they seem like something that you, and she was so excited because of how cute quickly, it was. And then she and finished then, building it in thirty seconds and kind of felt like it's oh, done. it's over. And life is fleeting. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't decorate my desk at work like at all. Um, I might be getting like a, a proper office soon. And part of me is like, oh, should I actually bring stuff in and like decorate my desk? I don't want to bring anything too cool because I'd be afraid something would steal it or judge me because the things I think are too cool and worth stealing are not. Uh, but like a little a little mini Lego set like this, you know, that works. That's not bad, right? Like people will be OK with that. And then if someone swiped it, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, I think it's nice having a conversation piece. Uh, a a good conversation piece in an office always makes it easier to talk about things because it, if you walk into yeah. like a really stark office, it almost feels like it, admittedly it, like my you're office intruding. is filthy, so no one is going to be the dirtiest thing in my office just because like you I never want to walk into someone else's office and space, feel like you're the dirtiest which thing is to in say, there. I throw a lot of shit on the floor and I'll pick it up later. Yeah, I thought we could. We're actually going to be like on topic, on time with the Star Wars thing, which is kind of neat. Um, I figure, yeah. Okay, well, well, why did, don't we talk uh, about the Mandalorian? You brought up the Mandalorian. Uh, did you want to review the I'm season not so far? I'm happy with it. Like, I, I think I think it's been fun so far. But also, my expectations for Star Wars probably not like the average Star Wars fan. I will say it's really hard to live up to Andor. Um, everything so far not as good as Andor, but. Andor is probably one of the best like Star Wars things to happen in Star Wars. So whoever had to follow that uh, sucks to be them. But like I think you know broad strokes, I'm I'm enjoying the season. It's fun to watch with the family. You know it was kind of cool to to see the episode as it aired on Wednesday and and get everybody together and have you know a drink and a little dessert or something and and watch some Star Wars. Um, I enjoyed them. I don't remember like a lot of broad strokes details. So if you know, I want to ask, what did you think of uh, the first two seasons as they aired and as we watched them, I had fun with them. Uh, They weren't perfect, but the, the kind of like cowboy going on adventures, getting into, you know, scrambles was, was enjoyable. I liked, um, I like Mando. I like Grogu. Don't like his name. Some of the side characters that kept showing up and leaving were, were always usually pretty fun, even if they maybe didn't have a whole lot of substance. And and just as kind of like, I don't know, treating it kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I really liked that first season. Um, 
that felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, season two, I really hated. Sure. And it, it felt like just a series of ads. So I guess like that's where I'm coming into season three feeling was like, I f- I'm feeling kind of burnt out. And uh, this first episode starts up. Yeah, the first episode. And I don't was understand what this I kept, show is I kept about. viewing it as sort of like, a, oh, the show is trying him, to reintroduce like, you to stuff that you did not rewatch the series for like no and you're reason. Like, oh, okay, I guess this makes sense. But then, like the stuff he was doing and the weird uh, trajectory <laughs> he had, like none of it mattered by the end. And you're just like, okay, I guess thanks for filling us in on characters I forgot I saw, which admittedly I totally forgot I saw. So uh, you know purpose served but it felt like it was doing setup and then and then it wasn't because so far none of that setup was important like oh i want to rebuild my that old ig88 droid so i can go do this thing uh you can't here's another droid it's like oh so why did we spend a bunch of time trying to build the one like that doesn't make any sense yeah yeah, it, it. What in the world was that about? There's a certain level of like you expect payoff to set up, right? It's when you're so watching something strange. or reading something. I, I just uh, don't know how it's written. And so to not have that in a Star Wars thing, which has, you know, crazy big budget, a uh, lot of hands in it, it just, it feels like a lot of mistakes had to happen uh, to, to get that. And I guess another thing that kind of confuses me is uh, specifically with how they handle um, the episode structure. I What is the story? Like, what is the story arc of the season? Yep. Because I feel like the first season and the second season both had their own arcs established. And with this one, I felt like, okay, going into it, he has a mission. He has to go reclaim his honor. Yeah. So the first episode, he kind of puts around for a bit. I remember people being and then the second kind of episode, upset he goes when the show to reclaim got, his honor, um, and he does it. A little aimless in the first two seasons, because they were like, hey, these are filler episodes. And the third They're episode is different characters that we don't like, ah, come on, man. It's like a follow. Saturday morning cartoon. It's fine. Uh, but this, like, so far hasn't really established a plot, which is a slightly bigger problem. Like, I really liked the second episode of this. I thought a lot of it was really cool. Some of the mythology was really cool. The twists were really cool in it. Um, getting Bo-Katan back, I think, was a good decision. I, I like her. As- I don't know if she's, like, the greatest actress sometimes. Like, you know, pulling back a bit and looking at the craft of it. But I do like her character and what she represents. And I think um, having her and Mando play off each other is smart. So, like, that was fine. So to me, like in a lot of ways, episode two is quite good. But yeah, it looks like, oh, he's got to like reestablish his honor. That's going to be the, the the plot of the season. And it's like, nope, that's done. You know, by the end of episode three, he brings back the water. He is uh, super good and, and everyone's patting him on the back. And you're just like, well, now what, though? Like, what is he supposed to do next? There's no goal. And... and- <clears throat> I don't want to set my expectations high, but part of me is like, I, I kind of imagine the story arc would be themes of what even is honor. Like he'll, he'll go to these great lengths to do this like arbitrary ritual, but I pictured like a climax at the end being like a moment of uh, decision where he has the opportunity to do this or he can do the right thing. That's something else. And he will like right. save the day but at the expense of what he feels is most important to him. But he can't be selfish about it, so he has it's, to do the bigger um, thing. And, like, we'd have that kind of a story. And then, and then and we because, just, like, we, I, we, we really just watched don't. episode three. <laughs> like, at all. And so I'm looking at that, and I'm like, oh, they're establishing <clears throat> something in here, because, you know, at least half of that episode was taken up with uh, Coruscant stuff. And on the surface, I'm fine with that, but... I could kind of see where it was going pretty far in advance and was just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Like, I don't remember either of these two characters. So I'm trying to, you know, what what are they building up to? And it feels like this could have been the first episode almost where, hey, we're establishing new stuff and it's going to lead somewhere instead of saving it for the third episode where we should have had stuff established. Yeah. Yes. It moved very fast. And that's something else is I'm trying to figure out, does this go somewhere or was that it? 
because it it almost felt like this should have been like a couple episodes that were handled different. Um, it was I thought it was good TV. I I liked that episode for what it was a lot. I like wh- was, where they're going with it. I thought it was who very was clearly interesting. going to trick you, but at the same time, it just sort of ends. And it's like aha, you got tricked by that person. Aha! Oh yeah, that was fun. That was kind of yeah, that was really uh, good foreshadowing. Like that the, scene like, itself was, interesting, was really kind of like foreshadowing where uh, she tricks them into touching the rock. Yeah. And then that's like how the episode ended. It's like, th- yeah, it, it was cute and unassuming with low stakes, but at the same time, it like reflected everything that's really going on. And so there's things about it where it's like, okay, this is good TV. Like they're, they're doing something with it. Yeah. But when the credits rolled and I was kind of like, what am I, I watching? I wanted to, we, it was kind of fun though. Cause that ended. And then like the whole family was sort like, of like, oh, be so different what's that music lady's playing. deal? It shouldn't like, be the Mandalorian thing. Is she trying to advance in the new Republic in a very cutthroat Imperial way? And it's working versus is she like still working for the empire trying to assassinate that guy versus some third thing we haven't thought of. And, uh, one of the I, I appreciate the release of episodic stuff on like a weekly way because it, it makes you you get time to digest it and talk about it and have fun like have that conversation the whole binge stuff and we've probably complained about this like old men before already but I don't I don't want to watch like a whole season in a day like that is not a good use of my time and so having I don't know being forced to like oh cool like we have to watch this like a normal TV show like when I was a kid. And that this this feels good, you know, kind of thing. Please do. I don't know if we have enough room to fill an actual episode on The Mandalorian now that I'm thinking about it. I want to sidetrack for a moment. I want to bring up yeah. this thing here. Okay, so. Excuse uh, <clears throat> me. You said, hey, next show, let's talk about The Mandalorian. We'll watch those episodes and catch up. And I said, okay, let's do that. And so it's like Monday, and it's like, well, I should probably do my homework and watch an episode of Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, you got to fucking send me that. That sounds like great YouTube content. I watched a three-hour-long documentary about the or or, uh, analysis. It's like a three-hour-long analysis of the Archie Sonic comics. Yeah. Um, it's, it really is. Yeah. But what, what about it was, uh, I, I think everyone has heard about the Archie Sonic books. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but it's usually framed oh, from the perspective of how weird Ken Penders is and how weird the comics got. This is very much framed from uh, paying attention to what works and the good parts of the comics. Yeah. I, you in particular, I think, will appreciate this uh, video. And I'll put a link in the description too. But uh, one of the things he points out is, um, in fact, it's this guy, and then there's another guy who helped him with this video, who also did a, an essay just on how Sonic the Hedgehog's character works, like why it works, like what makes him good in these comics, and why he's like better than the characterization we might see in the shows or the games. And these analyses were very interesting because it comes down to right. like, a certain amount of like consistent character traits. And it, it, you know, like we talk about how Superman's boring because he's just the good guy, but it, that doesn't have to be boring. And with Sonic, it's like he, he's always like he's the hero, he has to save the day. And they play with that in interesting ways where sometimes his need to save the day almost like ruins his like social life. And interpersonal relationships and other things where it's like he has this ego and it's his strong point, but it's also his weakness. And it's not like he gets so cocky that he endangers others, um, but rather he gets so cocky that that drives him. And it's interesting. And I was thinking about like the there's points in the in the comic series where the writers seem to focus on other characters like they'll kind of sideline the main ones and all of a sudden like introduce new characters and the new characters don't have any depth to them. And they'll kind of get like deus ex machina 
resolutions with their storylines. And it's like, what was the point of this? And it's boring. And so after watching these essays and then watching Mandalorian, it's it like, oh my gosh, the in... show is turning into the Archie Sonic. Yeah, but it worked it's like, in Boba Fett. We had this whole Boba episode where the main show. characters weren't there. And you're kind of scratching your head by the end of it. And they did the same thing in Boba Fett. No, it yeah, didn't. you're like, thank God. No, but that's but that's the thing. It was Boba Fett. Like the, you, you see the Boba Fett theme song, and then here's Mandalorian, and he he met up with Ahsoka and Luke Skywalker, and you see the Boba Fett credits, and it's like, what is going on? And so, like with the Sonic books, there's a period where half the storylines are in the Knuckles spinoff books. So I heard you'll that, get confused like, if you're just reading Sonic. It's like, oh, they're trying to create a very like supposed to stop shared expanded universe, and the characters instead. are supposed to cross over a lot. Now I'm lost. And part of the issue with like Boba Fett is that it was marketed as its own show and not something like set within the canon of Mando. And so, if it had been called like Mandalorian colon Boba Fett, people probably would have viewed it a little differently. And I'm worried that some of the B-plot stuff we got in this episode is kind of going to be the same thing where it's going to pay off like either in a different season or in a different show. And it is it is, like you like you said with season two, where like it's, it's just establishing more stuff uh, for the IP and not for the show itself. And I have no proof of that. But it is a little bit like in the back of my head, like, I hope I hope this goes somewhere because so far nothing in this show has Right. Yeah, and that's one of my fears too. Is we're gonna get like another Ahsoka episode, but it'll just be a preview for the Ahsoka show. Because I mean that that can come out when it's time. Ahsoka's this year, I think. Um, it can be its own show. Sure, I, yeah. It doesn't offend me that it exists. It, it offends me when I I go to the app and I click on the word I Mandalorian like, like and what, then I'm not what seeing new Mandalorian. Stuff we've seen so episode. far, some of the character design, the monster design. That's when my they fear. were on like Mandalore. Once again, episode two was really cool. <laughs> that um that weird like robot alien thing that kept taking over the bigger robots. Like really love that. I kind of hope I kind of hope that thing comes back. And I don't know if we saw it like specifically like die for realsies. We just saw you know maybe it's dead, maybe it's not, but. It's one of those things where, like you you know you first see Boba Fett in, in the original Star Wars trilogy and you're like oh that guy's got a really great design I want to know more that I kind of had that with that robot it was like this robot looks fucking cool I want to know I want to know his bullshit and then with um with Episode One when they're in like hyperspace for a really long time going light speed and you could see like the weird aliens like inhabiting light speed. Like, that little touch, I love that. That was so cool. I'm like, oh, I should write a short story about aliens that live in, in light speed because, fuck yeah, that is a dope idea. And, like, just the, the kind of calm, weird visuals of that were really yeah. good. And so as I'm watching the show, I'm like, there's certain things it's doing really, really well. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm fucking on board with this. This is great. And I, I'm hoping that continues. Yes. It totally is, I, and that's what's frustrating. Yeah. I think if the if the bar was low, I wouldn't feel upset that there was a bad episode. It's just that first season was so magical. You know, every time we'd see something, no. it felt like something new. So oh, now that every time we I see something, she was it's like a stuff. callback to something else. Like, well, like you mentioned, uh, you like Bo-Katan. Um, did you watch Rebels? Because I'm just so tired of her. Like, I'm done. Um, yeah. And so when she shows up, I, like she, she's there and she takes her helmet off and she says, I'm Bo-Katan and I'm played by the voice actor that voiced it's Bo-Katan in Star, Star Wars, Wars sometimes the Disney's less you Rebels know about available it, now. The less Disney you're Plus, involved, the more you like it. Like right into the I'm camera. Like, no, I and I'm like, like cartoons I, or that CG stuff. Like I don't have time for that. It's that it doesn't interest me at all. But then I, I think Jean-Luc's kind of brought this up, too, where, like, stuff from those things has influenced his opinion of other stuff in, like, positive or negative ways. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to watch Rebels. Oh, yeah, there she is. I really don't like the art style of that. You know, it's frustrating. Um, uh, In fact, here here's a picture of her with Darth Maul. My, I'm guessing... 
that this uh, looks better in motion than it does in stills. But boy, howdy, does it not look great in stills. See, she knows everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I do think the art direction is a little polarizing, but it does look better in motion. Uh, I think yeah. the cartoons are like better than the movies, which is like it's an annoying thing to keep bringing up because I I think everyone that does not watch the cartoons is tired of hearing it. And I remember this conversation when uh, the Han Solo movie came out, and at the end, like all of a sudden, Darth Maul is there. And he has robot legs, and it's like, wait, why is Darth Maul the boss of a crime syndicate and also still alive? And everyone that's in the know understands the importance yeah. of that scene and how cool it was. And everyone that's not in the know says this is the lowest point of Star Wars right? like, as a whole. I like cartoons. We talk about cartoons. I just got done watching him, Which is not a good way to present a story, that you can come and to I these like two Star different Wars, And we're talking you know? about Star Wars, but I don't want those two things to cross over. <clears throat> like, I don't want, like existing ip of cartoons because i'm not i'm not in it for that i want like these original weird stories you can only get in cartoons like that's why i watch them and so to me like watching a star wars cartoon doesn't fill any void like it it it, it is not anywhere near my realm of oh i should do that i know they are a bad batch aren't they like bounty hunters or something so, you know what's interesting is I'm watching The Bad Batch. Uh, are you familiar with that? No. Oh, okay. So That's this is neat. like a sequel to Clone Wars. And they're a set of clones where instead of like trained and like grown like typical clones, they're kind of experimental. So so they each have a specialty. So there's like a muscly one that's stupid and then like a scrawny one that's smart. And so yeah. like that's the hook. But it's actually pretty good. I wasn't expecting much. It's a pretty good show. And I'm watching it. And they had this very interesting episode recently where it was like, remember all the politics in the prequels? They lean heavily into that. And it's like, it's about this senator that's talking to, um, like, well, specifically, the Bad Batch takes place during this transition period where the Empire, like, the Clone Wars are over. And so why do we have a clone army if there's no war right and oh you know the republic uh, we're doing this empire thing now so how do we transition and part of that transition is like well why don't we just recruit people to be stormtroopers and get rid of all these clones and stuff like that and so there's this episode where it was just a senator trying to write a bill that would like provide social security for clone troopers since like they're responsible for saving the universe and it turns into this big conspiracy thing where there's people involved trying to, like, uh, get her assassinated because she's getting too close to certain information, right? And it turns into this whole thing, and they manage to sneak into the Senate with this information, and they throw this guy under the bus and say, look how corrupt um, this Empire officer is and everything that he's done to stop the clones from getting what's due. And so then the emperor stands up and says, I'm t- I'm greatly oh, wow. offended that this could have happened. This shows how weak the security is, and we that's why I should take even more power. And they basically like accidentally like cement his role as emperor. And it was and they all kind of like backstage, they're all like, Well, wait, what the fuck happened? Because they're not politicians <laughs> and they didn't realize like the things that were at play. And so they're trying to like bring this truth to light, and they didn't realize how easily sure. it was manipulated against them. And it was such a good episode. And it was also handled in a way where kids could watch it and understand. It wasn't like overly verbose or boring. And it was like, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I want out of Star Wars. It's like some of these questions, like how does the Empire generally run? people keep saying that? Like, how do you transition from a galactic and I kinda wonder to why that Emperor? is. And I can and only here's assume an example, that, like, and it's like oh, the, okay, the medium of cartooning attracts a different kind of person where you have to be willing to probably put up with more bullshit because it's, like, your passion versus the live-action thing where maybe it's easier to approach that as just, like, another job. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but, like, it, it does seem like when the cartoons work better, there's got to be a reason for it. I think... Uh, if you compare 
Yeah, I think if you compare the cartoons to the movies, the cartoons have a slow burn. Like, the idea of the Clone Wars, we're talking about, like, Warhammer 40k scale of how many planets are involved. Like, there are entire planets that are fought yeah. with robots and clones. And the amount of death and destruction, everything. But in a, in the space opera movie, you almost gloss over all of that. That's in the background. Because really, it's about these two brothers, and they're fighting. Whereas with the cartoon, you get so many episodic adventures that it, oh, it yeah. establishes a lot more. And I think that is one of the things that works to its benefit. The other thing with Clone Wars specifically was that George Lucas himself did not write it. The writers would sit down the with Lucas, too and he would like, give them ideas, and they would go, one-off adventures that's great. Or just like character-building episodes. George. And, and they would uh, remove the bad ideas. It's just part of like being a, a serialized cartoon. Versus even these serialized episodes of live-action Star Wars, you still kind of expect like a movie uh, through line. We're like, oh, it's going to have a first act, and a second act, and a third act. And then so when it doesn't, it's confusing. And if a cartoon doesn't do that, it's like, oh, that's fine, it's a cartoon. Doesn't need to, as long as the climax is really good and the first episode's really good. Like Everything in between can kind of just be fun adventures and we'll be okay with that that's what we signed up for yeah and there's also some really like dark stories yeah. uh, uh so in clone wars anakin had an apprentice right and the whole hook was they want to have like a young character that kids can relate to more for the cartoon to sell the, but i don't they think do i know about this her. story and uh towards the the finale there was this very interesting one where there's like a suicide bomber in the Jedi temple. Did, did I tell you about this story? So just literal like terrorist attack in the Jedi temple. And it turns into this like murder mystery where they're trying to figure out, who, okay, who was this guy? How did he get in here? What What's really going on? <clears throat> and it was very interesting because the more they investigate, uh, like Ahsoka specifically she asks the most questions that like the adults are kind of taking for granted. And they find out the guy who blew up was like a janitor that works there. So they're like, okay, somebody got to the janitor, whatever. Um, so they go to investigate and it turns out he has a wife. So they go to where he lives and he lives in this like crappy studio apartment with his wife. And Ahsoka is like looking at their living conditions and going like, this guy works in the Jedi Temple and we can't oh, wow. like, pay him with a better home. Like, <laughs> like what? And it, but what, what it turns out is uh, it, it's this whole big conspiracy and Ahsoka gets framed. And it gets to the point where they're going to execute her if they don't find who is actually responsible. So Anakin flies off the handle and flies off on a crazy space adventure. And Ahsoka's like, can you just stay here and help me? And he's like, no, I gotta find the real person. And he, like, flies off on a crazy adventure while she's, like, left to rot in a jail cell. And by the end, they're able to prove her innocence, but she's kind of like, yeah, w when I needed you, you weren't there. And when I explained what was going on, you didn't believe me. And so I'm done. And she just leaves the the Jedi Order because of this whole ordeal. And it it's like this black mark on Anakin because he failed as a teacher. Um, but also, like, they had this friendly relationship in a way where it's like he failed her as a friend and he failed her as an older brother. And it's like, why Why did this yeah. happen? It was his fault in a way that he wasn't it's kind prepared of fun to when, deal like, you're with. Watching a cartoon kind of and you're like, oh, kids will watch this. And, and then like, it goes like, really good story. hard like that. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, those but are also, crazy I don't think you could fit like, this in a movie and have the same um, impact. Points to make, right? About like living conditions of, of your custodians. Uh, that that's stuff that can you know stick with you for a while like those are, are really neat things to bring up just kind of in any story in general but like doing it in a Star Wars story is, is to me really cool there's another one that I thought was good was uh, this was like a multi-parter that, that went places uh, but there's like a battle right and the clones are fighting the droids blah, 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 we're pushing them back and then one of the clones snaps and kills his Jedi. And he just, like, pulls out a gun and, like, executes her from behind, like, in front of everybody. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, no one knows what to do with that information. They're like, um, 
Is that a thing clones do? <laughs> it, guys, can we... We got a we got a bad batch here, waka waka, and so it it's leaning into this interesting investigation of like why would a clone do that? Like if they're trained so well and they're all the same, does that mean all the clones are going to kill all the Jedi? Well, probably not. That's silly. And it was this whole big like conspiracy thing where like they're trying to figure out like what's really going on, and uh, Yoda goes on a whole spirit journey. Where he's trying to figure out, like, you know, something is masking uh, the Force. Like, the Jedi Cancel just cannot see like they used to, and something's wrong. So he's trying to figure out what is causing this, and, like, why does everything seem so foggy? And he goes to, like, old lore planets from, like, Knights of the Old Republic game, to where the Sith came from, and he he sees the ghost of a... Um, what what's the guy, <clears throat> Darth Bane, and uh, and he he sees like other stuff, and he also he goes sure. to Dagobah, and he fights with uh evil Yoda, in a in like a Force vision, uh the the same way that Luke failed his his test in that tree, and eventually Yoda basically like he meditates and he sees a vision of everything falling apart and all the Jedi dying. And it's just foggy enough that he doesn't think he can discern any information to change any of it. And so he's kind of like, yeah, something bad can happen and I don't think I can do anything about it. And it's almost about him like (laughs) resolving to this fate before it happened. And it's just very interesting. But again, I I don't know that like I'm you not can gonna watch it, but everything you've said so far makes these sound like they are probably legitimately. So it's quite weird good. that instead they slipped it into a children's cartoon. Some of them feel like books, like extended universe books, where it's like. In fact, there was another one. This will be quick. Um, Obi Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka. They're going someplace, right? And then, whoa, wait a minute, what's that planet? And they crash land on a planet. And it's, like, the origin of the Force. And they meet, like, these abstract representations of the Force. And so during the day, there's this lady. And it turns out she's the light side of the Force. And she's trying to help him. But at night, her brother shows up. Oh, that's cool. And their father wants them to be at peace with each other. Yeah. But instead, they just take turns controlling the world as night and day pass. And it's very like mythical, and it it almost feels like a like some like a Greek Odyssey kind of adventure. And there's a part where the dark brother like possesses Anakin, and kind of like gives him a vision of the future, and he just snaps and becomes Darth Vader. Like he he sees Padme dying, and is filled with so much rage that he just like blindly does whatever the brother tells him to do, and. There's this like scary moment where he almost finds Ahsoka, and if he did, he would have killed her. And it's like, oh man, that is like actually Darth Vader right now. And th- it's this whole thing where they they kind of help restore balance on the planet, and then they sort of like wake up on Star the ship, Trek-y. and they're where the you know they're on track to where they were going before, and they're all kind of like, you know, was that like did that happen or not? Because it was kind of like a weird personal thing, but also it was shared. It's a little Star Trek-y. It, it was very different. It was it was very unique, um, even within that show. Right. But it was very interesting because it gave you something to think about, and it was fun to that think kind of about. Stuff, like you know, the the macro like level Wars, of the force. It's, it's a sandbox, just, right? And I think Andor kind of proves robots? that you don't have to be involved with Ooka the Ooka. force to do a really good Star Wars thing. And and honestly, Mandalorian doesn't have a whole lot of Jedi stuff in it. Eh, it's got some, obviously, with the Baby Yoda having force powers, but is that really the point? I still think you can go, like, a step back. Like, you don't have to involve the Empire much. You don't have to involve the Republic. Like, you could just do stories set in this universe and use it as a sandbox. And I wish we would get more of that. Like, when, um, in the in episode three, when they're going to go steal the stuff from the, the Empire ship so that guy can do his research, I kept thinking, like, this vaguely reminds me of Breaking Bad. Where he's got to get all this stuff and he's got to like figure out where to put it so he can do his research. And I'm just like, oh, he could probably put it in like a trailer outside of town and just brew meth. And then I started thinking, you know, the Star Wars has a drug. Like, what if they did like Breaking Bad, but it's in Star Wars? 
And I feel like that would be cool, but maybe not. It kind of depends on what you did with it. But I don't know. Like there are there are genres of stories, right? There are character archetypes that we haven't seen in Star Wars. And there's no reason to not just do it and do like, I don't know, like a four episode miniseries or something. Like it's Disney money. They can experiment. It doesn't have to be 12 episodes. Doesn't have to involve the Mandalorian or Boba Fett or, or Luke Skywalker. Like it could just be like, some dickheads on Hoth trying to survive a winter. And like you could easily make that compelling because people have done that already. We, we've we've survived, you know, in the Antarctic and, and Siberia and shit. But like add add Star Wars shit to it. Make it weirder. Add some robots. I don't know. Yeah. The fact that Andor got positive reviews, I hope means something. I don't know what the viewership was because I certain, you know, I didn't hear a lot of buzz, but there was critical acclaim. And I hope that they acknowledge that. Right. And just, I mean, they can, they can get experimental. They can budget adequately for these shows. And, they, you know, if someone has a good idea, then go with that. Instead I hope of the Andor did good, first. like, viewership wise. Because I think like, uh, the movies that that demonstrate that the marketing first um, approach I know the show Willow got canceled. Uh, for its season two, it's not going to get one. And I guess reviews for that show were generally positive, uh, but the viewership reviews were not, and then the viewership itself was was pretty low. And like my opinion of the show was, uh, it was it was kind of bad. It was entertaining and it had a lot of heart, but ultimately it was not a well written fantasy story. I think a season two could have fixed some problems. I, I'm a little disappointed it didn't get a chance to like find itself and course correct. And that seems to be kind of a endemic with with uh, streaming is that you get one season and if you don't knock it out of the park, you do not get a second season. And it seems like there are so many shows that like they really find their footing in season two. And so it sucks that so many shows are not getting that chance to do that. So and or like hopefully enough people saw it. So the Star Wars as a property gets another chance to do another show like it. So, I want to check your gut here. God, I don't know. Do you my, think Mandalorian is I hate to be, like, cynical. My to, gut is uh, telling me to be kind of cautious. In a way that feels and satisfying. And that's largely because this is in the same realm like as the Boba Fett stuff. And then, still. based on the three episodes where it, we don't really have a trajectory, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, they'll find itself and end it really well in, in you know, six episodes now. It's like, will they? I mean, they could. That's plenty of time to do that. But they gotta really like figure their shit out in episode four. What about you? I'm feeling a little cynical, but I gotta say, I enjoyed uh, the second episode, even though structurally I'm confused where they're going with it. Okay, I thought it was a fun adventure. I enjoyed the third episode, even though it felt predictable and was out of place. I thought it was a fun adventure. I'm feeling better than I did about season two. Um, I, I, I don't expect it to yeah. magically become Andor overnight. I would agree with that. It doesn't need to become Andor either. Like Andor had a very specific correct. tone. Like I, I think and, I'm like, message in the right it. state of and mind this is, like, to this is enjoy whatever they're doing. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. <laughs> yep. Andor needed to be Andor and it did it. The end. I, I want Disney to walk away I with agree. that lesson. I think, uh, that I think that's a good. The Mandalorian good place needs to be the Mandalorian, and Ahsoka needs to be Ahsoka. Um, do you have a glad space? Not everything Mr. has Cameron. to be Baby Yoda. Yeah, you know, I I do. Um, I want to put a link to that Sonic essay in the description here because I recommend I it. Uh, but first, for a glad space, oh, I want to yeah, bring yeah, up yeah. Jackson Perotti. Because I can't remember cool. if I recommended it. The accordion is such a neat not. instrument. Um, yeah, that accordion guy that does good accordion work. I, it, uh, yeah, it is, and I feel silly because I, I, you know, I, I bet if I go back and check right now, I'll embarrass myself, and I talked about it already. But um, just uh, go my, through my his. Uh, I've been watching a YouTube channel, channel called There's Let's a Game lot of stuff in there, and it's all great. Which is uh. Guy named Josh plays video games, typically like simulator ones, and his goal is Jackson to play them Perotti. wrong. How about you? 
and he's really funny and he he breaks games in very endearing entertaining ways he's got a huge youtube channel most of his videos have like millions of views so he's quite popular um my brother's been watching him for years i finally kind of just started watching it before bed as kind of a way to unwind uh I guess I stopped watching the ASMR stuff before bed and moved on to this. But he he is really, really entertaining, and some of his stuff makes me laugh extremely hard. Uh, If I were recommending someone to start, I would say he's got one called I Built a Gas Station That's 100% Pure Insanity. And it's Gas Station Simulator. And it's fucking... It is is 20 minutes, and it is is a treat. Uh, had Had a really good time with this. So yeah, like his channel's great. I would recommend it. Makes me laugh. Uh, let's game it out. Let's game it out. What's that name again? And then one more time. I w- do we want to do the black metal episode next week? I, if I had a musical instrument, I would burst into the song, but I don't. Yeah, I think so. Um, we've done grindcore. Next we've week, done deathcore. We're gonna and do. I want to do a uh, black metal one. I have uh, a one lot of, our music of specials, uh, not a music club. And opinions, some very spicy about genre the genre dive. of music. Is that what we call uh, so them? I put together a playlist of nine songs. It is. I w- I kept it under an hour. I think it's probably fifty five minutes. Uh, I tried to go shorter and was unable, <laughs> despite my best efforts. Uh, I think this is an interesting snapshot of the genre. So if uh, there'll be a link to this playlist in the description if, if listeners want to listen along and and explore the the dark satanic side of metal music, uh, not the hair metal kind which was fun and cringe. This is the the dorky uh, face paint cringe kind. It's definitely uh, an interesting vibe. Uh, like I said, I think I think we're gonna have fun with this. I really like this genre, but holy fuck, uh, do I have opinions? So it's it's a it's a I think it'll go fast. The reason it's so damn long, there's two songs over 10 minutes. I ha- I-, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> if you're a fan of black metal, I'm sorry. I realize that the- this does not include your favorite band. So I think that's going to be fun. But it includes mine, so fuck off. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think is that good? We we talked about a Star War. We 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 even had some good things to say. It was nice. <laughs> the Lego sets are cool. Yeah, isn't that kind of refreshing? Yeah, fandoms. Oh boy, that is one of our rules, right? It's like things um, are great, fandoms are bad. I think Star Wars is supposed to be fun, and I think if you talk to Star Wars fans, it drains the fun very quickly. Yay! Goodbye, everybody. So yeah, go ahead and uh, listen along, and we'll have fun next week too. That was the most like low energy goodbye I've ever done. I gotta, I gotta warm. I gotta be more like Pee Wee's Playhouse. We just bounce off the walls. I gotta, I gotta fix my tood. <clears throat> Okay, everybody, tune in next week. We're going to have a blast. We got opinions. They're coming right up the ass.